What's up, everybody? March 12th, 2017, Selection Sunday, here with the Cole Man, the NCAA basketball expert. Say what's up. What's going on? Um, we got Joe Lenardi's bracketology report. Doubt he has slept in the past, what, four or five days. Must be on a ton of iced coffees, Adderalls, oh, you awesome. name it, but... He lives for this, so it's literally his life. Um, right now, he's got Gonzaga, Kansas, UNC, and Nova locked into the ones. It's been a big subject of debate whether or not Zona or Duke is going to sneak into one of these one seeds after their respective conference victories. Um, so where do we think they stand? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough because you look at someone like Gonzaga, and I mean, you lose one game, and now all of a sudden, like, you're not a one seed, but again, they're not in the power conference, and Duke is just on a massive run right now, and so is Arizona. I mean, beating UCLA again, you know, is, is certainly nothing to scoff at, but if I had to guess, I would say Duke ends up with a one seed. It's just, uh, you know, the committee has their own set of whatever, and they said that they... I saw a tweet last night from the PR guy that said they've already pretty much set the field. So my guess is they're going to give Duke a one seed based on... You know, if North Carolina gets a one seed, Duke's sitting there saying, well, we beat North Carolina twice. Right. We just beat them again. We won four games in four days. And, you know, certainly talent-wise, Duke's probably top of the country so I guess the only argument you could make was that they had uh, some mishaps in the middle of the season where things were looking a little iffy for them coach K was out with the back injury right which uh, obviously had an adverse impact on them but which team do you think would slide out of a one if Duke were to slide into Joe Lenardi's pr- uh, predictions uh, my, my, my guess is Gonzaga just because they're not you know in the power conference and I don't think they're going to think too heavily about Kansas losing that, that opener against TCU in their conference tournament. Because um, I think Villanova is definitely locked in. There's no way they're falling out of a one. They're probably going to be the number, they're probably locked in the number one overall. I don't think UNC is either, right? I don't, I don't see, no, North Carolina. They'll probably throw Duke and North Carolina on the same side so everyone can get all excited about a Final Four. That probably won't happen because it's March. Right. Um, yeah, my guess is... Gonzaga Falls. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's it's crazy, but I mean, I think that's the price you pay. If they obviously had been undefeated, I think we're having a different conversation right, right now. But I do think it was actually good for Gonzaga to lose that one game. I mean, they do have uh, that big man, what's his name? The Polak guy, right? Yeah, he's huge. Yeah, he's, he's huge. So uh, they, they're definitely going to be a player here. Uh, the one loss, obviously, that hurts. You win the conference and have one loss overall, and you're not a one seed. That sucks, but you listen, you're right. not in the Big 12, ACC, um, I mean, or also, Pac-12. So. It's also they're losing to – they lost to BYU at home, which is not the second-best team in that conference. Right. That's, right. You know, it certainly wasn't like they went to St. Mary's, who's getting in the tournament, and lost a nail-biter. That, you know, losing at home is always tough, especially to a team that's not – not as good, like clearly not as good as you. So Arizona, um, what's really the story with them? I know we saw them beat UCLA, and there was actually a lot of drama towards the end of that game. I'm not sure if you saw that with the yeah. timeout called at I the thought, end. I thought that was pretty funny. 
apparently UCLA's coach did that to Arizona at home when Arizona was at home um, with five. They were up by five points with a couple seconds like, to play. Like point two seconds. Yeah. Right. He calls a timeout because he said he wanted to get his defense set. I guess Sean Miller, Arizona's head coach, did not like that. So when they beat them in the semifinal on Friday night, he called the timeout with 0.9 seconds left, and they're up by 10 points. I mean, just a total, total effort to rub it in his face. So what do we think of all that? I, mean, I, I love that. I, I, you know, that little game and chip. Um, you know, Alfred kind of got to the handshake line and was like, Dude, what the hell? And Miller's like, yeah, you, you yeah. It was, it was really there's awful. Not a, there's not a fight, you know. <laughs> with 1.2 seconds left, you, you just tell your guys to go stand in a line, out of bounds or something. Because right, there's you know, no such thing as a five point play. Right, you're up by five you know, points, 1.2 seconds. I mean, right, there's it, no way you're gonna. Lose it takes the game. longer than 1.2 seconds to shoot. Like you shoot the ball, it's in the air. It's not. It's literally the game is over. So you know, for him to sit there and say. I want to set up my defense. That's cheesy. Um, I think that was well warranted then. Yeah, one hundred percent. And Arizona, Arizona is hot right now. That one, the uh, Alonso Trier is like, I saw some stats made like fifty of his last seventy. Yeah, from the field, and he is just and and the high. white kid Marakinen. Matt, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's gonna be. They have him pegged as like a top ten pick. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's basically. And how about how about Trier? Um, I don't know. It's, you know, the, the later rounds are tough. They like looking at, you know, certain things. They like having guys come in for interviews, and you know, you get a better feel for that when guys come in for their, you know, what teams want to work out who, and, and especially where guys fall. You know, the order is not set. But yeah, they take Markin, and um, he's basically your classic European player. You know, very very skilled. He's big, lanky, just. Threes, right. but good mid-range. But the big concern is he's thin, and, you know, I don't like walking around saying that, uh, you know, like the European game, you know, people have that kind of mentality that's soft. Or, or I mean, I've played in Europe, and I've gotten my, you know, my ass whipped in Europe. Um, but, uh, you know, he gets pushed around a lot. Um, you know, I think a team with a bigger guy might be a problem for them, but, I mean... You know, a lot of March is getting hot at the right time. You Absolutely. Know, you talk about body of work, but, you know, if you won your first 15 games out the gate in December, nobody, you know, nobody really cares if you don't get it done in March. So. Let's talk about a team like Villanova. Um, obviously had an a unbelievable run to beat UNC in last year's tournament. They have a good core group of guys coming back with Hart and Jenkins. How likely is it that they're going to repeat? I mean, you know, you talk about how likely is it that, that somebody repeats. Uh, right. How Especially in I mean, March. How, I mean, how, has that ever right. – well, the last time it's happened was Florida's Florida. Florida. And 06, they were loaded, loaded. I mean, right. they had Horford, Brewer, and Noah. You know. Yeah. People forget that Joe Noah was first team All-NBA a couple of years ago. Um, you know, I like Villanova. They, you know, again, uh, they got a good, strong group of guys uh, led by Hart. Uh, you know, how likely is it that somebody repeats? I mean, how likely is it that the favorite wins the tournament? It's by, what, 20%? I mean, you know, stuff just goes crazy in March. Um, I like, my guess is they're in the final four. Um, I, they do have some problems, again, with uh, some strong rebounding teams. Seton Hall gave them some fits the other night. 
uh, Delgado is an absolute animal. Um, and he misses that layup point blank. Right. I mean, like, you look at uh, his game log, and he's like, it's like 20 rebounds, 18 rebounds. So, you know, I think guys like that are going to go into trouble. Um, it really depends, again, like who gets seated where, and, and, you know, matchups are a factor, as always. Uh, but I would say they're a pretty strong candidate to make the Final Four. And I had no faith in them last year, not one ounce. Right. Because yeah. I remember two, two years ago, they got the one seed and botched the eight game against NC State, I think. Yeah, State. and I, I always remember filling out my bracket, and it was kind of just like Nova, like no shot, you know. Like right. they hadn't made it since whatever, 09 was the last time they made a Final Four, I think, even. Um, so they really turned a lot of heads there. And like you said, they were the one and then and then botched it, which could easily happen now, as you mentioned, with the, at the as they struggle with the big man, Delgado. Right. So if they run into a team like Joe Lenardi has Iowa State, as a number five, I mean, they could easily run and upset yeah. them you look uh, at a, on that side of the bracket. You look at Lenardi, they got Florida State at the four, has uh, Ojo, I think his name is. He's seven for one, and then they bring a seven for They have a seven for four guy, They bring a seven for four guy yeah. off the bench. I mean, those guys, I mean. He looked super uncoordinated, though, the other night yeah. when they were playing. Um, the, the, the start was pretty good. The yeah. back, I haven't seen too much of the backup guy, but, I mean, they're long, too. Isaac. Uh, is another lottery pick. Uh, people are really high on him. Uh, you know, it's like you know, it all depends. But you know, we're sitting here looking at this. The Florida State might be a three seed in the South, so that's not right. Even, exactly. Uh, no, yeah, you, you, you really can't pinpoint Joe Lenardi. But um, right. So let's go back over to the Pac-12. He actually has UCLA as a three, which is pretty interesting because I think they were the three overall just last week, right? Right. So, I mean, for them to now be looking at a three seed potentially, that's got to be pretty upsetting for them. Uh, you know, I, I would think so. It might even work out for them. You know, obviously you get a chip on your shoulder. Right. Um, and, you know, UCLA is really interesting to me because you know that every eye is glued on Lonzo Ball. I mean, the, the kid is a player, 100%. Um, I mean, just a phenomenal point guard, does everything well. Really, you know, probably going to go number two. I mean, a lot of the NBA guys are just really high on Fultz. Um, you know, but the guy's father is a total nut job. You know, Crazy, say, dude. I mean, people say, why? You know, and I'll be honest. You look at what he's doing. He's been saying this for years. He says, I'm going to do this my way. And, and it's hard to argue with the results. I mean, his kid is a starting point guard at UCLA. They're a top five team in the country. You know, they're, they're national title contenders. This kid's a freshman point guard. That doesn't, you know, it doesn't happen a lot. The kid's setting Pac-12 assist records. You know, Jason Kidd, Gary Payton uh, played in the Pac-12. So you're talking about, like, this guy's a legitimate player. And his dad is just totally out of control. Yeah, Bill Walton and Dave Pash were talking about how the father already knows that he's going to be one and done. And then you right. got you got Bill Walton. He's obviously kind of a whack job, but he's like yeah. – He's like, well, he's a grown man. Like, he can make his own decisions. But it's probably pretty clear that he's going right. to just go straight to the NBA. And then he's got, obviously, the younger brother, LaMelo, that made a lot of headlines yeah. with his, whatever, 92-point game. I mean, that, that's, that was just that, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's unbelievable. So, um, But, yeah. obviously, when you, whenever you have a father like that in sports, it kind of makes you inferior to the, yeah. the kid because it's just like you, you have to hate him now. Right, and it's I not mean, even his fault. You just hate the right. father, I mean, so you hate him. I think that the big concern is, 
that some people, you know, from what I've read online and, and you know, no one really knows anything. We hear like little small tidbits, guys float out there. Is that people are concerned that Lonzo is going to make his father his agent. Yeah, that would probably be, be problematic. The worst thing he could possibly do. Um, I mean, realistically, you know, his father says, well, he's only playing for the Lakers. Well, it's not really how that works. Um, the Lakers might, you know, get the one pick and be like, hey, we like Fultz. Or they might get the two pick and say, we have Russell. We have, you know, Ingram's kind of floating around. We could develop these young guys. If I throw Josh Jackson, uh, Tatum, or, you know, or they say, hey, we want Paul George now. So, you know, there's like a million different things to go on. So, you know, hopefully he stays out of it. But, you know, UCLA is loaded. Uh, I like Leaf a lot. I think he's very skilled. Uh, the Holiday brother. I mean, they have five guys averaging like over 12 points per game or whatever it is. Yeah, it's ridiculous so, how well they distribute the ball. Um, and that's huge. You know, you, don't, you see teams that are too reliant on one guy. You know, everybody's capable of a bad shooting night. So, to me, you know, the fact they're so balanced – and, you know, Lonzo really knows. Like, you can tell. Like, he knows what he's doing. He's not just physically better than everyone. So, you know, I think they can make a deep run. I don't know if they will. Again, you got to look at the seeding and stuff. But, you know, they're definitely a team to keep an eye on. Even just because of Lonzo and what LeVar might say in a pregame conference. He has no idea. Right. So, Michigan had a crazy, crazy championship week. They're actually playing for the title at 3 p.m. today. We're recording this about two hours before. Um, but they had a wild, wild scenario where the plane is coming off, uh, takes off actually, and then has to be grounded after weather concerns. So they basically, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but I heard something along the lines of they had to ground the plane and then there was a situation they were all out on the wing of the plane and then there was a situation where they were running as fast as they could. So obviously kind of a traumatic, I guess, turn of events yeah. for them. I, that's just unbelievable. And then they have to get back on the plane and then go to D.C. for the Big Ten tournament. And then they show up and they, they beat the number one seed, Purdue. And now they're sitting looking at the number 24, the 24 overall team in the country, Wisconsin, um, is the only thing between them and the Big Ten Championship, something they probably never imagined, you know, just a couple days right. ago. Right. I mean, I, I, that's huge for them. You know, I don't know. I haven't been following day by day what Lunardi, where Lunardi thinks these guys are going to land, but going from what are they, the eight seed in the conference, right? They're going from the eight seed in the conference. You know, if you all of a sudden you win your conference to potentially what Lunardi has them as projected six. as a six seed. I mean, so. if they win today. A five, maybe right, a which four, is you know, crazy. You know how they how they value it, and again, I mean, we're talking about getting right at the hot time. Yep. Um, how many people had Syracuse in their Final Four last year? Like maybe less than one percent, right? Probably. And they probably all went to Syracuse, right? So, you know, I mean, they're they have some talented guys. Uh, they got the coolest name in college basketball, and uh, you know that means nothing, but uh, you know. We'll see. I mean, certainly a traumatic experience like that could, I could imagine, bring a team together. Um, and, you know, we'll see how they do today against uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, in Wisconsin, they obviously have a couple veterans, Bronson, Koenig, and um, Nigel Hayes. They've been there. They have the experience. you got to believe that, that they could make a run. 
Obviously, they don't have guys like Frank Kaminsky anymore or Sam Decker, but I mean, I think with this experience, they could even run the table as well. Yeah, I think there's a ton of teams that are capable this year um, of going a distance, and that's what makes March great. Uh, You know, it's a little different than the NBA, even though I think right now the NBA is is pretty, there's a lot of stuff going on there, so there's a lot of different teams um, that could go there, but that's a separate conversation. You know, I think uh, Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, Villanova, Kentucky, UCLA, Arizona, Wisconsin. I think um, the Oregon injury is going to hurt them. That's going to hurt them. Um, yeah. You know, even if they say you get a guy who comes off your bench and does almost as well, there's also something to it that, you know, a guy you've been relying on all year. Right. The kid Boucher is six right. ten, averaging over ten points a game, right. leading the team in blocks. That's that's going to hurt you and from then, a defensive and offensive standpoint. And you know, even just emotionally, I right? Mean, you saw last week, LeBron. I thought was almost going to cry when Andrew Bogut got <laughs> that guy had been there for like three days, and he he steps in and thirty seconds in, the guy breaks right. his leg. So, but I mean, you know how you know you're in college. I'm sure it's somebody's roommate, or they all have an apartment together, and you know it's just. I'm sure, like they're, they're a tight, uh, tight knit group of guys. So that's, you know, that could also be a factor. Um, so I guess we'll go to final four picks. Um, so who's your fi- who, who's your final four, and if you can pick a champion, who's your national champion this year? So I guess I guess we'll just look at minority stuff right now, just to kind of get a feel for bracket wise. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take Villanova. Uh, I think, you know, they they. Went on this run last year, and you know they're bringing back a lot of good, a good players. Josh Hart's an excellent player, and you know they just seem, you know, I didn't buy it last year, and I am a little wary of buying it, you know, buying in this year. But you know they're good. You know they're they're not to be taken lightly. Um, I think uh, he's got in the South. We're looking at you know North Carolina, UCLA, Kentucky. That's a loaded. That's loaded. if it pans out like that. That's, that's loaded. And I mean, you're looking, you know, even uh, I don't think West Virginia is capable of going to the Final Four. They've been playing bad recently. But all you know, all of a sudden, you're not if you're not ready to handle that press. Um, I mean, that's that's huge. So I mean, they get up in your face and they're at it all the time and. You know, hopefully Huggins doesn't have another heart attack. But, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to take the South. You um, hate picking all one seeds, right? North Carolina is loaded. I mean, Joel Berry is really good. Um, Justin Jackson is, is good. Meeks has been there. I mean, I'm looking at Kentucky, and I think – Malik, if Malik Monk gets hot, we've seen it. The guy is scorching. I mean, like almost. You know, I want to. But he gets he gets hot. Like like Clay Thompson almost hot. Yeah. Same thing with Bomb and uh, DeAndre Fox. Yeah. So um, they have a good core group of three guys that yeah. that they rely on there. So. And you know, people are gonna say, "Well, they're all freshmen." And they're, right. Listen, he's won. Cal probably won a title with freshmen. He gets to the Elite Eight, the Final Four. Like he does it with freshmen. It's so hard to actually win the title. Um, if anybody knows how to get a group of freshmen there, it's obviously Calipari. Um, but I, I'm going to stick with North Carolina for the South. 
uh, out of the West. You know, I always like rooting for Gonzaga. I like I like when teams from the smaller conferences do well and are able to 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 put it together and figure it out. But I think Arizona is too hot right now. Um, they look really good. Uh, I, I I'm gonna stick with Arizona. Although I do, I'm looking at number ten, Michigan State. I love Izzo. I think Izzo is is he might be. I mean. It's tough to order them. You know, Shajewski's still running around. Roy Williams. These guys are great coaches. I mean, Izzo is right up there with them. And every year, you know, I love Izzo goes out and he plays. He goes out and he schedules the Duke. He schedules in Arizona. He goes out and plays the big teams in the beginning. And he says, you know, this is the level of play we're gonna, we want to be at. So, them as a 10, maybe. I mean, that's, as a 10, you get Creighton in the first round. Chip on your shoulder. Um, but I'm going to stick with Arizona. I think uh, they're pretty they're pretty loaded too. And Sean Miller seems to be doing a phenomenal job there since he took over for uh, Olsen. And then uh, out of the Midwest, um, I hate to say this, I hate Duke. But I think Duke's going to win the whole thing. Uh, I mean, Kennard, and, Kennard is phenomenal. And... Uh, Jason Tatum is another top five pick. I mean, these guys, you know, in, in a lot of drafts, Jason Tatum is like the number one pick. A lot of people had him as the number one pick, you know, coming out of high school, because that's what we do now. We look at these kids in high school. And then you're also throwing in Emile Jefferson. And then, you know, as long as Grayson Allen isn't self-imploding in such a magnificent way, you know, elbows or tripping or... If I could just stay out of his own head... But even if he doesn't, you know, we see it. He got, he got, I think they've proven that they can yeah. pretty much win without him. He got teed up the other day and benched, and they just kept yeah, they just yeah. keep cruising along. Um, yeah, I think, you know, we're going to get the whole narrative. Krzyzewski, you know, the surgery, he's out, the early season troubles, they put it together in the end, and, and my guess is that's your champion. Okay, so you got uh, Nova, UNC, uh, Zona, right, in the West? Arizona and Duke. And then Duke, and then Duke as your champion. All right, yeah, so I'm, I'm actually going to have to go with uh, Nova as well, as well as UNC. And then I'm going to take, actually, um, Louisville out of the West oh. um, as kind of my surprise, I guess, dark horse. I think Patino, right, they missed March Madness last year. Yeah, was that because of the... Right, because Sanctions. the stripper yeah. thing, right, like had strippers right. come in for the recruits or whatever. They got caught. Right, so, <laughs> uh, but they're back in it, and whenever they're in it, they're always going to shake the table. Um, as you said with Cal Perry, I think Patino has been so good at getting his guys to Elite Eights and Final Fours really, really consistently. So I think they're going to be a Final Four team this year as well. Um, and then I also have Duke. Coming out of the Midwest, I think, like you said, they're on a roll. Kennard is just a, a pure scorer. And at 6'6", at six, six, I think he's going to be on the top of a lot of draft boards, especially um, if he performs well here down the stretch, as he has in the ACC tournament. Um, so for my champion, I'm actually going to go with UNC here. Uh, I think they have enough size down low. Um, they have experienced guys like Meeks coupled with 
Um, nice freshman talent with Justin Jackson. Um, as you said, they're, they're going to get really good guard play, which I think is really, really key to win the tournament um, with Joel Berry. So UNC is my champion. I think they redeemed themselves after a heartbreaking loss in last year's championship. They have the juice to get back to where they want to be, and I think Roy Williams is the guy to do it. Also, a stat that I saw in 2005, Duke won the ACC championship, and UNC went on to win the national championship. Same thing happened in 2009, and now this year Duke wins the ACC championship. We'll see if that narrative repeats itself. But, yeah, UNC is my pick. So Selection Sunday is tonight, I think, what, at 7 p.m.? Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, so um, should be a very interesting week. I think the playing games are what usually the Wednesday, and then all the uh, yeah, there's Wednesday. a million games on th- between Thursday and Friday, right? They they have the first four or whatever first four. Yeah, the, I, it's so yeah. hard to keep track of that. <laughs> so um, that pretty much does it. So hopefully uh, we'll post some some articles and whatnot as the tournament progresses. And keep going with the podcast. We won't be able to be back in the Maris studio with Joe and Lou until next week after the first round is over. So um, we'll see you back then. Thanks for listening.